Welcome to Female Empowered, a podcast for female fitness and wellness professionals and business owners looking for real talk about the ins and outs of the industry. I'm Krista Gurka, an accidental entrepreneur turned founder and CEO of a multi-million dollar health and wellness business. In this podcast, I'll be sharing expert insights and having real conversations about what it means to show up, thrive, and of course, get paid. We'll talk about what works, what doesn't, and what really happens behind the scenes of a client-based business. All so you can take away sound advice and actionable steps that help you become a more successful and confident business owner, all on your own terms. So let's dive in. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Female Empowered Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Gurka, and today I'm going to be talking about a topic that is near and dear to my heart, and it's also probably near and dear to many of your hearts because it's super uncomfortable for us. The um, the title of this podcast episode is When I Say No, I Feel Guilty, and if you're like, oh God, that's me, then please listen to this podcast because so many of us... So many of us are people pleasers, high achievers, and there's a variety of reasons why saying no makes us feel guilty. Um, And today we're going to kind of talk about them, where they come from, where they stem from, what happens if we don't learn how to navigate that feeling and, and what that feeling means. So basically... This whole episode is going to talk about how you can learn to say no, not only to team members, but to clients, to opportunities, to things in your personal life, to your children, maybe to your spouse, to your parents, et cetera, et cetera. So there was a book that I read in college and it was called When I Say No, I Feel Guilty. And it just really stuck with me because I used to feel so guilty when I said no. And I would just even avoid the topic. And even now it's, it's, I still feel it a little bit, but I'm getting better at recognizing that I can change how I feel. I can talk myself out of why I feel guilty and I don't have to have everyone like me. And me saying no is not necessarily going to make people not like me. Okay. So, you know, as a business owner, Um, I mean, I think it's really important to have boundaries in your life no matter what, but as a business owner, it's really, really crucial for you to have boundaries because it gives us, I I don't believe in true work-life balance, but if you don't have boundaries, you don't have any balance. So I think that it, it helps us maintain the balance or the distribution of work to personal life that we actually want. And so we don't get overwhelmed with things, especially things we don't really want to be doing, number one, or things we don't really need to be doing. So saying no to certain things actually will increase your productivity, your efficiency, reduce your stress, Reducing your stress makes you a happier person. Being a happier person means you're usually more approachable. And then it just trickles down. Teams, you know, you're more present, et cetera, with your kids. Your team, et cetera, is more comfortable around you. And so the whole thing, right, it just really 
helps you create an overall well-being and and sustainability for you as a business owner to pretend to prevent you from burning out or from being becoming a like a mad awful bear to be honest and like people just don't want to be around you so how many of you really feel guilty when you say no raise your hand or if you're driving don't raise your hand or just maybe raise an eye brow or something to that effect um you know i think it's very common so if you're there's that cough again so let's dive into a little bit of some of the reasons as to why you may be feeling guilty why I feel guilty sometimes when I say no um one of the main reasons is we feel fear we have fear around disappointing other people right and so it's very hard for us to put ourselves in a situation where we might damage a relationship or especially if you're talking about clients or team members. So you, you become like, well, I don't want to say no because I don't want this person to leave or I don't want this client to leave. But most people, to be honest, will almost respect boundaries more. And then they just get used to, this is the boundary. This is a personal um, or the policy. And this is how they're going to, to enforce them. And, and that's okay. It's okay to have certain boundaries, right? And it's okay to um, hold true to those boundaries, right? Without being really like a curmudgeon or a troll or somebody that never does anything. And you get better at this as time goes on. There's also a lot of mentality or mindset around saying no as a business owner that you're saying no to opportunities and you're leaving money on the table. So I do think it's important when we are deciding which initiatives we want to work towards or things that we want to say yes to, is this going to get us closer to our goal or farther from our goal? And I'll give you an example. So Pilates in the Grove intention like overall arching theme for 2024 is optimization. So basically we're trying to optimize profitability. We're not necessarily trying to grow. We're trying to optimize profitability. And so if someone were to come to me and say, hey, would you like to participate in this event with us? Or would you like to be a sponsor in this event? Or would you like to invest in this program? I'm always just going to ask myself, is this getting me closer to my goal, which is to be more profitable, or is it getting me farther away from my goal? And that will help me answer the question, okay? The other thing that I think really helps too is to have a strategic plan. Plan things out 90 days in advance, if not for the full year. So you can look at your calendar and your 90 day plan and say, "Mm, I can't do that event. I'm already planned out for the, you know, for the, quarter. However, if you touch base with me, you know, in a couple of weeks, I might be able to plan it in Q3 or Q4. And it does help you become less, it does help us feel less guilty because there's like a reason why. Okay. So I also think there is a lot of societal norms and um, cultural norms that really make it hard for 
females to say no, because females are supposed to be nurturing and accommodating and say yes to everything. Like it's supposed to be moms that are doing the bake sales at school and moms that are becoming room mom and moms that are chaperoning the field trips. And why? Why? Why does it always fall on moms? Okay. So it could be grandmas. It could be grandpas. It could be aunts, uncles. It could be fathers. Okay. So really the sometimes like when we prioritize, because basically if you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. So if you're saying yes to chaperoning a field trip, you're saying no to maybe taking extra clients on that day. Or if you're saying yes to your client at six o'clock, you're saying no, your, your kid may have to stay in aftercare a little bit longer. So there's always a yes or no. And I'm not saying one is right or wrong. You just have to be okay. You should say yes to something because it's like a hell yes. It's in line with what you're trying to achieve and it's getting you closer to your goal. Sound good? Sound reasonable? So let's talk a little bit now about some ways that you can set up boundaries. Because here's the thing. I'll tell you this. Setting the boundaries is the easy part. Holding the boundaries is a hard part. So we're going to talk a little bit about how you can set certain boundaries. And then also I'm going to talk a little bit about how, what you need to do to hold those boundaries. So first and foremost is you have to decide what those boundaries are. Is the boundary that you're not going to check email after six o'clock PM? Okay. Maybe set, you can set something where you're, maybe it doesn't send to your phone after a certain amount of time. Or you shut off notifications on your phone after a certain amount of time. Or I know some people that have two separate phones, a work phone and a personal phone. So they put their work phone away at 6 o'clock p.m. And then you should clearly define and communicate those boundaries. You can have an auto email that says, I don't check emails after 5 p.m. I'll get back to you the following day. Or you can shut your Slack messages off. You can have a do not disturb on. There's all sorts of ways that you can help set those boundaries. But first, you have to define them. And then second, you have to clearly communicate them, whether that be to your family, to your children, to your clients, to your team, to your vendors, whatever the case may be. Then be consistent with those boundaries. Be consistent in holding true to those boundaries. So if you set the boundary that you're not going to check email after 6 p.m., but then you keep returning emails after 6 p.m., people are going to know, well, it doesn't matter. She's still going to return the email. Or if you set the boundary, do not let clients text you on your personal phone, but you keep answering their texts and accommodating their requests, then they're just going to keep doing it. So you have to stop. You have to enforce the boundary. Whether that be you don't answer it and you have someone from the, your team con contact or call them, or you answer the text and you say, thanks so much, please contact the studio or the office or the clinic or text so-and-so or use the app or whatever the case may be. And you may have to say it two, three, four, five times, but don't give in, okay? And again, be consistent, be consistent. Next, prioritize your tasks. And well, this is exactly what we were talking about when we were saying, if you have your strategy for 90 days, or if you have your strategy for six months or a year, you can prioritize tasks based on their alignment with your business goals and also your personal values. 
this really does make it easier to say no to things that will not fit in your life or get you closer to your goals. Like I always say, okay, if Oprah calls, you can make arrangements for whatever you need to do to drop it and go meet Oprah. But besides that, you know, if it's not a hell yes, it's got to be a no. All right. You can learn how to say no politely. And also you can just learn how to say no, thank you. Okay. So some ways you can say no politely is thank you so much for considering me for that opportunity. I'm clearly, I'm currently fully booked or, you know, I, I, if you reach out to me next month, I might be able to get you in, or I might be able to participate next quarter. Or you could say something like, um, thanks so much for thinking of me. Like this is a great one for people that are asking you to do free stuff. Thanks so much for thinking of me. I'm not taking unpaid work at the time right now. How about to say no to that client that wants a 6 a.m. spot and you no longer want to do that? You know, um, unfortunately, I'm not available at that time. Here's what I have available. Okay, so those are ways that you can just say, no, in a way, you know, or you can say something like, you know what, I'm I'm actually not able, I'm not available at 6 a.m. Um, however, we have so-and-so that's available at 6 a.m. I'm happy to schedule it with her and I think she's great, right? You can kind of refer them somewhere else. Okay, so incorporating these kind of strategies, like prioritizing your tasks really does help because you can see, like, especially if you put it in calendar form, where you can, you know, you get these action steps, you get the tasks, like, what do you have to do each and every week? What are you doing each and every day? And then you could be like, yeah, I don't have time to take on another client. Or we have too many initiatives during this quarter. We're not going to run our teacher training until another quarter. And this is what we do when we set out our full annual strategy, where we put these big initiatives in and we say, okay, so now we know we're not adding another initiative for the rest of the quarter. We just don't have the capacity to do it. And that can spill over into your personal life. Like maybe this is a really busy quarter for you. And so unfortunately, you won't be able to chaperone a field trip this quarter. Doesn't make you a terrible mom if you can't chaperone your field trip, a field trip. That's your reality. Okay. If you want to chaperone a field trip, you can look at the calendar in advance and be like, you know what? The one in March is, is good for me. I'm going to sign up for it now. You don't have to feel guilty about it. And let me tell you, missing out on your kid's stuff is heart-wrenching, heart-wrenching. It's like, especially when they make a comment about it. And I think I've mentioned this before, where one time there was, this was when I was working full-time for a clinic. I was a clinic director. And I think there was like a Mother's Day lunch or something like that. And it was like at 11 o'clock in the day. Like that doesn't, it's not really conducive when you have a full-time job. And I remember my son saying something like, mom, you were the only mom that wasn't there. And it was literally like a thousand stabs in my heart, you know? And I was just like, you know what? Mom feels really terrible about it too. I really am sad that I couldn't come. Unfortunately, they changed the time on me or maybe, or it's in the middle of my workday. And next year I'm going to make an effort to put it on my calendar soon. Okay. So really defining communicating, holding those boundaries and being consistent is really, really, really important.
Okay. Now let me tell you what learning how to say no really does for you and your team. Okay. So learning how to say no to team members, like, unfortunately, no, I, we can't approve that vacation or no, I can't come in and do that for you. Or no, I, I am unable to take that task off your plate. It allows your team members to be accountable for their work and it allows them to grow in their role. Okay. It promotes a culture of accountability and really encourages people to take responsibility for themselves, their actions, the outcome of their work, and so on. If we as owners keep jumping in and helping them and doing the work for them, they will never learn. And then what happens is we just become resentful and we're like, nobody can work. Everyone's awful. Nobody works as hard as me, yada, yada, yada. But that's on you. That falls back because you're continuing to do the work for them and jump in, usually because we're uncomfortable sitting in the fact that they could make a mistake. And what is that going to say about us? Right? So allow your team, allow your workforce to feel a sense of ownership over their work. And if they make a mistake, they're adults. They can own up to the mistake and learn how to correct it. Honestly, we as owners, I would say 80 to 90% of the time are the reason our team is underperforming. We're either not giving them enough training and onboarding. We are not following up with feedback for them on how they can do better. We are not setting clear expectations about what we want. And we're not allowing them the agency and autonomy to do their own job. Okay. When teams are more accountable, not only to themselves, but each other, they tend not only to identify problems more quickly, but they really respect each other and they hold each other to these high standards. And in order to have that, you have to just really have a high amount of trust on your team. So, so team members can trust if I come to them and say, Hey, it's the third time this week you were late. How's everything going? Anything I need to know about? And if they trust me that I'm just calling their attention to a policy, they can say, you know what? I've just been leaving late. I, I, I know I need to get this together. Noted. Done. Great. Move on. I don't think anything less of them as a person. I'm just holding them accountable to their task and to their job. When teams are unaccountable to themselves and each other, they end up creating more resentment and talk and mediocrity and they miss deadlines and people get complacent and it puts way more pressure on you as a leader. And that's when you start to feel resentful and you start to feel like no one's doing their job, right? So saying no to your team or to initiatives or to certain things allows you to foster an environment of accountability and trust on your team. It sets clear examples and expectations and boundaries and priorities, which show everyone like we're all moving in this direction and we are all rowing together. It also starts to help people to find their own solution to their problem. 
Okay. It allows them to grow a little bit more independent. And that's ultimately what you want as a leader. You want independent, critical thinkers that can bring problems and solutions to you, not just push stuff on your plate or kick, kick the can down the street. Those kind of things really contribute to the overall growth of your team and the ultimate success of your business and the ultimate success of your clients. And it's the same for your clients. If you don't hold clients accountable and learn to say no to them, like, no, unfortunately, I have to enforce the cancellation policy, they'll just keep doing things over and over and over and over again. Recognizing things that are going to get you closer to your goal get easier the more that you do it. And again, let's review some ways that you can say no to an event, to a initiative, to a person, to an opportunity, okay? These are some of the things we went over before, but let's let's review them again, okay? Um, I appreciate you thinking of me, but right now it's beyond the scope of what we can commit to at this time, okay? Maybe you can't commit to taking a standing 6 a.m. client. Okay. Maybe you can't commit to um, approving that vacation for two weeks right now. Okay. And if you have good core values in your company, you can relay it all back to the core values. So for example, you know, from January to March, we're usually very busy in this industry. So you can say, you know, I can't approve a two week vacation because it really goes against our core value of customer commitment. And so how can we work together so that we can try to get this vacation more on a, um, on a time that's more, con- you know, that's, that will al- align more with our values. Okay. Another way to say that is you can say, you know, thanks so much for your request or considering me, but right now we're prioritizing existing commitments. I can't accommodate your request right now just due to my current workload. A great way for your team members is I, this is another one for like vacation requests. You know, I understand, I really understand the importance of this and we have to really adhere to our agreed upon boundaries and policies during this time. So it's going to be important that, you know, unfortunately we're not going to be able to accommodate that request. How about like, so while I see the value in that, it doesn't really align with our current mission and vision, right? So I see the value in paying for commercial spot, but it's not really going to align with the initiative of becoming more profitable this year. All right. All of these things are polite yet firm. They just say, you know, thank you. I appreciate it. We're unable to accommodate that at this time for X amount of reasons you know, for whatever. It shows that you understand. The other thing is you might be able to refer someone. Oh, I know someone that actually could be a good referral source for that, or I'm happy to put you in touch with someone or, you know, something to that effect. So there's ways that you are standing in your power and saying, you know, you're being accountable to yourself by holding true to your boundaries, right? Which is really important as a business owner, so that we don't feel stressed out, burnt out, um, overwhelmed. And 
not feeling as guilty. Like the guilty part will start to fade away as you start saying, it's okay. I said that with kindness. And the truth is I really don't want to do it. I don't want to teach that free class. Okay, great. All right. So I hope that you enjoy this short and sweet episode. I think that saying no is a really hard thing for a lot of us. Um, and I think it's important that we learn one, we don't have to feel guilty about saying no to certain opportunities or events or requests. We're only one person. We do not have to do everything for everybody. And we don't have to let the guilt fester for a long time. We are good people. We have good intentions. We usually are bending over backwards for everyone. So it's time to learn how to say no without feeling guilty, right? It's time to learn to empower our teams to take action without us, to set our own boundaries, to hold those boundaries so we stay true to ourselves and where we're going, okay? So if this is something you liked, we are we have a ton of information on the schedule for 2024. I'd love for you to hit the subscribe button. Um, selfishly, it helps me grow this podcast. And the reason I want to grow this podcast is because I am on a mission to teach women in boutique wellness how to grow sustainable and profitable business and put more money into their community, into their pockets and the pockets of their communities. All right. So I'm really on a mission to transform the boutique fitness and wellness industry, one female business owner at a time. And if you'd like to be a part of that mission with me, I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast. And until next time, my friends, bye for now. Hey there. Thanks so much for listening today. But before you go, could I ask you to take a minute? Okay. So maybe like two minutes and leave me an honest review about the podcast. It really does help me get this podcast in front of more women in healthcare, wellness, and fitness, and also really lets me know that I'm actually sharing information you all like to listen to. Thanks again, and catch you all on the next episode.